as speech pathologists, we, we do really get it. We understand the importance of communication and, and social connections. And it's important to learn that how one way of treating or, or working with a, a client isn't necessarily going to be what works for another client in a different state or from a different tribe. If we've got assessment findings that are robust, then we don't have to make any presumptions. And I strongly believe in the value and worth of what we do and the difference we make. Hello, and welcome to Speak Up, Speech Pathology Australia's podcast. Each week, we feature a conversation about an area or topic related to all things speech pathology. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Hello, this is Dr. Samantha Siambalapitia. I'm a speech pathologist and senior lecturer at Griffith University in Queensland, Australia. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Professor Swathi Kiran. Welcome to the Speak Up podcast, Swathi. Hi, Samantha. I'm really happy to be here as well. Swathi Kiran is Professor in the Department of Speech and Hearing Sciences and the Associate Dean for Research at the College for Health and Rehabilita Rehabilitation Sciences at Boston University. Her research interests focus around lexical semantic treatment for individuals with aphasia, bilingual aphasia, and neuroimaging of brain plasticity following a stroke. She has over 120 publications, and her work has appeared in high-impact journals across a variety of disciplines, including cognitive neuroscience, neuroimaging, rehabilitation, speech-language pathology, and bilingualism. Swathi is a fellow of the American Speech, Language and Hearing Association and serves on various journal editorial boards and grant review panels, including at National Institutes of Health. She is the co-founder and scientific advisor for Constant Therapy Health, a software platform for rehabilitation tools after brain injury. Swathi, I am sure we all want to know what got you interested in aphasia. Was aphasia something that you were passionate about for a long time? Samantha, I've always been really fascinated about the brain. When I was in high school, I thought I wanted to study dreams and memory. But when I was in my undergraduate program, I became really fascinated with aphasia and actually dyslexia. I did a research project when I was an undergraduate student, and I knew that I wanted to study disorders of the brain to understand how it worked and studying language processing and different types of languages seemed like a really interesting question. I did my undergraduate work in India and I came to Northwestern University to pursue my graduate work, the, my master's and PhD on this topic. And as they say, the rest is history. Here I am. Thanks, Swathi. Um, what are the most exciting research projects you are working on right now? We have several ongoing research projects that I'm really excited about. One of them is a clinical trial we have ongoing for bilingual adults with aphasia. We're providing therapy in one language, and these are to individuals who either speak Spanish or English and have had a stroke. And we're trying to study if cross-language generalization occurs from the trained language to the untrained language. What's really interesting about this project is that the selection of the language that we provide the therapy to the patient comes from a computational model simulation that has already estimated and predicted the outcomes for the patient that we're going to treat. So we feed the data into this computer model that tells us what patient we're working with. It simulates the outcome and tells us what's the best approach. And we then use that to treat our patients. It's really quite sci-fi fascinating. 
Um, we're also uh, looking at really large amounts of data that we that I've been fortunate to be involved in collecting with Constant Therapy Platform. Um, that's a software that patients can download and use um, on their tablets. And over the course of the years, we've collected a tremendous amount of data that allows us to mine what types of therapies improve um, specific language and cognitive function in individuals with a stroke. We're also able to answer questions like how much dosage of therapy do you need? How often do you need to practice? How many days do you need to practice? And this work will really change the way we do therapy in the, pu in the future. Another really new project we started um, is uh, called the Neuroscience of Everyday World. In this project with leaders in engineering who are building these functional near, red inf near infrared spectroscopy sensors. So these are like little um, EEG sensors, but they're actually measuring brain function um, in blood flow that are put into these wireless caps. We can now study people as they wear these caps. What we have them do is perform very simple um, tasks like talking to each other, like the way you and I are talking, or having a conversation in a restaurant while they're wearing these brain caps and we're measuring their brain function as they're doing um, these everyday activities. And this is going to help us understand when breakdowns occur in neurological disorders and why they happen. Thank you, Swathi. That's that, that all sounds amazing. It's um, really interesting to hear that synergy between neurology and the behavioural outcomes and, and the potential that has for clinical practice. It, it sounds fascinating. Um, you, you spoke before a little bit about your work in bilingual aphasia. Is there anything else you'd like to share in terms of your work in bilingual aphasia? Sure. Um, our work in bilingual aphasia spans three very broad topics. First and foremost, we're passionately interested in providing language rehabilitation for these individuals who've had a stroke. As I said earlier, we have clinical trials, um, therapy studies that are going on for Spanish-English uh, stroke survivors, as well as Mandarin-English stroke survivors. And we've also examined other language combinations. We're also very interested in understanding the interaction between la bilingual language production and language control in these individuals. As you probably know, this is a hot topic in bilingualism, whether being bilingual gives you an advantage or not. And we're trying to understand this issue in bilingual adults with a stroke. And finally, we also recognize that at least in America, Hispanic, Latino individuals and Asian Americans are two minority populations that don't have the same level of access to healthcare um, and we only started to understand this better as we were doing these clinical trials. And with the pandemic, their access to care has gotten even worse. So we're spending some time trying to understand what the problems are and how we could alleviate these issues. That all sounds amazing, Swathi. And um, I think a lot of people will follow that line of work with interest and um, including me. <laughs> um, so what do you wish clinicians knew about your research or area of practice? Um, that's a really tough question to answer, Samantha. I think the most important takeaway message that I give, that I want to give all clinicians working with brain injured adults um, is this, that the brain recovery plateau is a myth. There's neuroplasticity after a brain injury is a real thing 
People can improve months and years after a stroke or a brain injury. And there's tons and tons of research showing that this happens. It is so frustrating and disappointing to hear from patients and stroke survivors who say that their therapist or doctor told them that they should not receive any more therapy because they may not improve anymore. And there's just mounting evidence of which I'm a part of, but there's also across the world evidence showing that this is not true. The brain can recover after a stroke. And what we need to do is understand the different ingredients that make the brain plastic even after a stroke. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great message, Swathi, and I'm sure a lot of clinicians can really relate to that. Um, Before we finish up, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience? Samantha, I really enjoyed talking to you today. I will be sharing these uh, findings um, of many of the, the projects I just told you about, including the rehabilitation, computational modeling, and neuroplasticity work at my upcoming keynote um, at the 2021 Virtual National Speech Pathology Conference in Australia. Thank you. Well, we look forward to hearing you then. Um, Thank you, Swathi, for speaking with us today. It's been great to hear about all of the valuable work that you're doing, and we will watch your future work with interest. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening, and bye for now.